landlord. Body corporate doesn't get into in into those conversations, not at all. Would I would I be stretching my imagination to say the average landlord is losing money in this particular instance? I'm conflicted with that answer. And Tabi, what do you think? I'm also conflicted with that answer. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, think so, about I, it. I would, say, I would say yes in um a high-density area, like yeah. certain company that's busy building and building and building. The owners are definitely <laughs> losing money. But other places, I'd say fairly the rentals are okay and you pretty much i think most owners are going as much as they can towards prepaid so they put prepaid water prepaid electricity and they're willing to absorb the sewer costs and all the other ad hoc that they should be charging onto tenants because the tenant is pay if the tenants are paying well and the charges for the prepaid generally cover most of their levies so i'd say Mm. other than said complexes Maybe one of these days we need to discuss uh, those particular comp- complexes where I can charge rent that is also sufficient with the levies and all of that that I can offset to the tenant and then to basically cover my whole cost of owning the property. Because I mean... What, what what the example that I've made, these guys who have bought properties for like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, and then the bond is like seven thousand or eight thousand, and then the average rent of that particular complex for a two bedroom or one bedroom, whatever it is, is seven thousand, and then you find that the levies of that particular complex is like one point five. So even though even 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 though uh your tenant is giving you 7,000, you still have to pay the 1.5 for the levies at, at the end of every month. So technically, that property, for in my eyes, I don't know, 1.5 to me is a lot of money. So technically, you're still losing money. It's not an investment. It, it is. I mean, I'd say that the Pretoria market is your best bet because the Pretoria market is the, is, is the market that when they go to market, they go to market taking all of those things into consideration, right? When someone says, I'm the landlord, I have a property to rent out, this is how much I want in pocket. Then that landlord would have said, okay, my bond repayments are this much. My levies are this much. Rates and taxes, yeah, I can carry the cost of that. The rest of the things, I will incorporate it in the rental amount and it goes out to the tenant. So the tenant will be paying 8000 for instance, instead of here in Joburg, where you will actually see where they specify that you are being charged for sewer, you are being charged for refuse, you are being charged for this. It's it's different markets, depending on the market. And again, depending on the landlord and you as an owner or as a tenant, what are you going for? What are you willing to accept as a tenant? And as a landlord, what are you willing to accept as well? So sometimes you need not be out of pocket. You just need to go about it a certain way. Okay. So based on this particular question, buying versus renting, in your in your professional opinion, are you simply saying that particular question is based on your financial position and what your goal is? Essentially. Hmm. Okay. Essentially, but buying will definitely it, it takes you out of pocket quite often and people don't look at the other costs that come with buying 
what what is what is in your experience what is the percentage of your income that should be attributed or what's the word I'm looking for in in if I'm earning ten thousand what is a good buy how much can I contribute towards property and in, anything above that I don't afford the property and I'm living in excess forty percent of your net salary. 40%. That's what the law says. If you are going beyond 40% of your net salary to pay rent or bond, you are you are out of bed into trouble. Yeah. Okay. Hypothetical situation, right? So let's say now my net income, the money that comes into my account is a hundred is a hundred thousand. Technically, according to the bank i afford a 10 million rand house no actually let's say let's use 5 million i afford a 5 million rand house because i can afford to pay 50000 per month right however what i've noticed is people do not factor in one the inflation interest rates going up and so forth and they also do not factor in the maintenance costs the levies the rates and taxes and so forth Right. So with that being said, my 50,000 can go from a 50,000 monthly installment to now me spending 60,000 to 65,000 on that particular property. So what you're saying is, in essence, even if I can pay, I have the money in account, according to your professional opinion, I still do not afford that particular property. My yes, answer to that thing is because remember yeah. when the bank is looking at it, they're looking at can you pay them back their in their your bond installments. Yeah, That's all they don't care about the risk. Exactly. And when you get the, that bond grant, firstly you're gonna go out of pocket trying to secure the upfront cost that you need to pay. So you're most likely gonna take a loan. So add that to your bond installments to what what you're really paying, the loan you took for the transfer costs and whatever that had to be paid upfront, one. Then there's the there's insurance. The bond will force you to take insurance. That is not included in the, in your bond installment. You're already out of pocket. There's levies. There's rates and taxes. You're already out of pocket. These are all things that you need to factor into your forty percent. So when you're saying forty percent of my salary is fifty k. That 50K must be bond, must be insurance, must be utilities, must be everything to do with your household for the month. That is That's the what your 40% should cover. That is the answer that I wanted. But I still think in my own personal opinion, I still think 40% is a lot. If you are making 20,000, you shouldn't be buying any property that is above 8,000 per month. You're <laughs> looking for some house that is, you can pay like 3.5 and all of that. I still personally think contributing 40% of your monthly income to anything is a lot of money. And I think it is a pleasure purchase. It's not it's not a purchase that you've fully thought about um, because anything can go wrong. I mean, if you are paying 4,000 out of your 10,000 rent salary and then something happens, well, COVID happened and then a lot of people suffered or the interest rate goes up like it did right now with 3.5 basis point. People's installments went from 15,000 to 19, some of them to even 21, because I think that's another conversation that do people actually understand interest rates and how they work and do people actually factor in 
that interest rate might fluctuate, do I leave room in my 40% to say if interest rates were to skyrocket because of inflation and go up by 3% or 4%, am I, be, am I able to afford that other 5,000 or 6,000 on top of what I'm already paying? Is that what you've found out in your profession that people do factor in or the average person does not factor that in? The average person doesn't factor that in, hence why the largest part of the market is currently crying right now because of that. People went and they decided to buy, especially in these complexes that you and Ntabi keep referring to. They rushed to the market to buy because at the point everything was low and it was affordable, but they didn't think about when the market would go downhill, when the government would decide that we are not allowing these people to breathe anymore. Now we need to get back or we need to recover. And yeah, so basically people do not, they don't consider that at most. Very few people consider it. Let me ask a question to the to the audience. Guys, do you think as millennials, we think about these things or we buy things based on pleasure and preference and that we want to look good in society to me being me <laughs> yeah since you're unmuted so you can go first just repeat your question again <laughs> so um, the question for me is based on what whatever discussion we've been having right now do you think mm -hmm. as millennials we are aware of these things or we just purchase things based on the fact that, okay, I can afford to buy a 1.5 million rent house and pay 15,000. We don't factor in the interest rates. Things might go up. We just purchase things because we want to look nice and look successful. I think I'm going to, my answer is going to be, it might not be favorable because of the people that I surround myself with are people that actually take those things into consideration. So if I were to put it statistically, I would say 60-40, 60 being people that don't consider and 40 being people that actually consider and look at what they are purchasing into and what they are spending. So people that actually consider their pockets when they make decisions, I'd say 40%. Okay, okay. Ntavi, in your, in your opinion, I know you are in the same circle. What's your opinion? <laughs> We buy things just to look nice because mm. we want to. We're flashy. We like cameras. We like being seen. That's why we buy things. But yeah, I think when millennials start taking a different mindset of I'm I'm, I'm doing things for me and having the right kind of circle, then the mindset will change. But for now, we're just doing it for content. But can we really say that? As as an adult, somebody that wakes up Monday to Friday doing your job where your friends are not there, you're earning this money for you. Can we really say as millennials, we are blaming our friends for the purchases that we make? Peer pressure in this day and age. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that pressure really there or is it simply because most people are not financially literate? Financial literacy is also a problem and 
again, statistically, you can see it with how people are crying and where the market is sitting right now. Yes, mm -hmm. things are tough. Yes, things are high. Inflation is too high. Everything is expensive. But some people are bleeding because of the decisions that they took with the lack of that financial literacy. Okay, okay. I don't know. Anybody else want to answer this question? Patu, I know you and I once had this conversation about properties and all of that. What's your opinion, my brother, in terms of purchasing? Uh, hey, Otiaga. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, a bit of it is 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 buying into status, right? Um, obata, obata, obatu, mobatu. Um, but but also, I think we we've. As black people, especially post apartheid, really get up where with someone that that is not from the same background as you and 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 but because you were able to compete back then because they hadn't inherited whatever they inherited, you thought we were more or less on the same level, right? And then now comes the reality, yeah, yeah, you go to university, your friend gets a car, and then now you start working, your car is easily accessible, you buy a car that's higher than them, and then they buy a house, and then you feel like that's more or less where you should land, right? So so we are always benchmarking, not realizing, uh, like, I mean, Mopilasi group work to begin with, right? Um, You can partner, or you can have a partner, and you take this journey together but yeah like we we've lost that sense of individuality we benchmark using the next person not realizing what pockets are not the same backgrounds are not the same even lifestyles are not the same like maybe spend this lifestyle or alcohol you 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 can't want to compete with someone um that 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 doesn't have that line item in their budget right um and then just going back to ARD, i was like 40 percent of net um i think in the in the early stages of my career i think i think i was there um where luckily i had a car that, that was paid off so that excess that I, I could have bought a car went into buying property like I bought property a couple of years ago and I think I was paying around 40% of my salary that is not doable but luckily I was still young I was single um, like I don't think I, I, I would have felt it as much um, but like as you start to progress in your career you start earning more but that house is still there because obviously 20 years bond, um, it, it, it gets to a place where it balances and then you find where it's, it, it gets to a place where it's le less than 20% and then you get pressures, but ish, my peers now are in bigger houses or freestanding houses, you still in an apartment and, 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 but yeah, like I do feel a lot of it is, 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 is influence, whether it's, it's a podcast you've been listening to. Um, Millennium Mike, we also spoke about Hutipitans. I remember we spoke about cars um, and, and, and saying, Hore, sometimes you gotta get what, what you gotta get, you know? And, you know, Hutipitans, it's a God will make a plan or your next move is coming 
or whatever. Sometimes people like follow blind faith and 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 go into bonds, they learn they are much higher, and things tend to even out. You, you you know how people believe in how the world works in such a way where things will be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I'm out. So, sorry. So nafana it's well, I I can I can go with blind faith on purchasing a car. Because I know a car, anytime in Pala, it's very quick for me to get rid of it and sell it. And I know, yeah, five years is a long time, but at least it's not 20 years, you know? So for now, my, my personal philosophy is I'm not buying any property that, that I cannot pay off within five to eight years. So essentially, I'd like to double up on my property. So if I'm buying a two million rent property and I'm paying it uh, 20,000 per month, ideally, I'd want to pay... 30,000, 35,000, and if 40,000, uh, double if, if possible, so that I can finish it as soon as possible. And I think that that's my own personal preference. I don't know what the audience thinks about that. And yes, I understand that some people uh, might not be in the financial position to be able to do that, but there needs to be better ways for us to buy property. Guys, I, I guys, no, 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 no. Like for 20 years, guys, 20 years is a long time to pay for anything. 20 years is a long time to pay for anything, guys. We need to be able to establish that as a principle. Like I think my friends know, whenever I talk to my friends about property and all of that, I always say, guys, you can't pay a house for 20 years. 20 years is a long time to pay for anything. There needs to be a better way for us to do this. And if possible, buy a house that you can finish within five to eight years. 10 years, yes, possibly. But 20 years, guys. Ish, ah, no, not going to flow up, guys. Ntabi, part two. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. so, the 20 so, years, I'm, so on the 20 years, I'm two ways about it, right? Because I feel like, yes, if it's 20 years and you are gradually paying off your 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 house, um, and then whatever excess money you have, you could be looking to start a business, you could be looking to live a fuller life and travel, you could be looking to do other things. I think that's why we've got, um, you know, certain insurances in place, right? Because you don't want to find yourself only, only in a position where you can't pay your bond. Salary insurance or whatever, where if you are not working for like 12 or six to 12 months, um you 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 can rest assured or one day you are in in but i think a lot of people rather do the bare minimum because in terms of barricking um the principles that are letting letting debt work for you um i think there are a couple of people with 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 opinions to say whatever debt you take on and if you can comfortably pay for it and you are still left with enough to still live a comfortable life outside of it. Um, pay back as little as possible, or that exact agreed amount, just so that you 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 let that debt work for you in some other way, right? Because over time, also increases in terms of um, value, and you can go back and you know get it refinanced or whatever, like in order to use that money to do other things. Like, I know they base it on investments, but other people base it on, like, if I can pay as little as possible just so that I can live the life that I want outside of that bond, um, they are happy to do that. And they actually 
like it works out for them, I guess. Yo, I know. Ntabi, you wanted to say something? Oh, sorry. It's just when you said you double up there, I just said something. That when you do decide to double up or pay more than you should be paying on your installment that month, um, just ask the bank to recalculate your your bond. Because when you pay more, the, the bank keeps quiet and doesn't say anything. They still build the interest as though you had not paid the extra. So you just need to ask them. Please recalculate and send me an updated statement with an updated installment. Why it comes across as if like it's a like, like, like you've, you've done nothing money that you can pull out because obviously yes. it's just there sitting on the side. Yes. Oh, it's, it's capital crazy. what capital gains or whatever. Capital gains, yes. So you need to oh, ask them to please okay, recalculate okay, okay. my bond because I paid extra. Get so you and then they do, do the recalculation. Yes, you need to do that. If you're going to pay extra every month, then you need to do that every month because it affects their amortization calculations. If you don't ask, they keep quiet and they just let it be. Then when you see when you do your, your, your return, the SARS is going to show you a capital gains tax on your, on your return and you'll be wondering from where. It's the bond. So just ask them to recalculate so that it adjusts your interest rate lower and your installment. Yeah, I just learned something now. No, no, I mean, money accumulating on the side, we assume, ah, it's whatever. Like, yeah, no, I need, I need you to, I need you to explain that. So I think, but you, we are confused. Yeah, my So yeah so if you're paying your bond and your installment is 10k every month they've calculated your 10k every month at a certain interest rate for the next 20 years but with the bond bond is not based on fixed um, interest rates it's linked to inflation so the minute in, um, inflation goes up your interest rate will go up your installment will go up this is based on a 20-year calculation so if you decide you're going to pay 15,000 this month instead of your usual 10,000 Ask them to recalculate after you've paid. Say, okay, I've paid fifteen thousand extra five thousand. It affects your interest over the over the remaining period, and it affects your installment. So you need to do this every month because for them, they've calculated for the first ten years of my bond, I'm paying back interest to them, which is approximately fifty percent of what the bond was. Nah, and then in the last ten years I'm paying back I'm paying back so much. So they're not gonna say anything because they still want to get their full interest that they had expected to get for twenty years. So if now I own a property So they keep quiet and they just push their mouths. So Ntabi right now if I own a property yeah five hundred thousand mm -hmm. right and I'm paying five K per month and then and then I pay a hundred thousand into the into the bond. They're gonna keep mm -hmm. quiet. I need to tell them, guys. They will push their mouths. Yes. I'm on four hundred now. You need to recalculate. Correct. Because their interest what? must what? now be based on three hundred and no longer the four hundred that you are on. Yeah, and Hooper, you know why? Also, I think maybe they well what 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 benefits them from keeping quiet. Is that there's a day more stuck and you use it as your emergency fund. You're gonna pull that money out, right? 
and then maybe settle whatever you need to settle outside of that bond. So, so but here's so, the thing: your bond is not is not it's not it's not like um it's not set in stone. If you can't yeah. pay, you call them and you let them know that I can't pay because I've got an emergency situation. If I'm not mistaken, most bonds allow you for about three payment gaps in your 20-year cycle to say, I can't pay for a certain period. And if you're unemployed, your bond automatically comes with credit insurance. And if you're ever unemployed for a period of time, you go to, to your bond to your bond finance and you say, I'm unemployed. I'd like to kick in my credit finance, my credit insurance. Your credit insurance pays your bond in the absence of you working. That's what that extra credit insurance is for on your bond. Tell me about what are, what are the reasons that I can activate that can i activate your credit insurance not yeah, when you've what? resigned for every other for every other reason all other reasons of unemployment except resignation so if i'm still if i'm still employed mara uh, and then i used my credit card and i can't afford my debts can i not say guys give me a break for three months i want to recover them. no so not from the credit insurance with uh the credit break on the on the bond you'd have to check your your contract what the clauses are but it allows for a credit break if you cannot afford it any point in time i.e during covid a lot of people didn't know that they could actually go to the bank and say i'm i, I need to pause my installments because i'm not affording life it was allowed they did uh, people who knew went and they did that and it was paused for about six months of no bond payments and then you resume no. after the no. six months with the credit insurance, it's when you become unemployed for any reason other than resignation. So and the insurance pays your bond, right? And then the other one is a pause. While you are on that pause, do they do they add interest and based on yes, this they do. new higher interest? Um, yes. Oh, oh snap. Okay, they do cool. add the insurance on the pause. But at least it gives you the temporary relief. Corey, they're not chasing you this month, hounding you. Corey, we didn't get a bond installment. They know you can't pay. You've communicated. Oh, okay. So, I have a question. Obi, actually. I'm, I'm Obi not sure asked, if it will take us back as well, but I'll ask after you go. Okay. Obi asked in the in the comments. He said, "Does this capital gains apply to cars? I mean, this 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 <laughs> paying more." into my loan does it apply to every loan that i have i need to call the bank and say i paid extra this month recalculate recalculate my finances yes Hometown, you have a question. Hometown. Unmute Amu. It's him having a registered trademark. I'm gonna love my hometown. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, yeah, I've got a question for Ntabi Singh. I don't know if I heard you correctly. But you say when it comes to credit insurance, the only time they don't pay out is only when you resign, but for any other reason they do pay out. Yes. Any other unemployment so I'm fired any other for like sexual harassment or spending, they're still gonna pay. 
Yeah, that's got nothing to do with my credits. My sexual harassment issues get a miracle. Luna, I pay you every month. So now I'm unemployed. Please pay for me my bond. Okay. No, so it's not it's just bonds. Right? Every single, every single finance or loan or whatever credit you take, it comes with credit insurance, and that's what the credit insurance is for. Now that you open that can of um, companies normally like they wouldn't necessarily they they'll fire you for sexual, whatever, but they wouldn't necessarily you know socialize that or make it a thing. So they'll fire you, and then because they don't want the company to be known for that, because like it puts or it, it, it paints them badly, um, they'll they'll normally give you some sort of like three months like golden handshake and 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 not not to say they are thanking you for all of that, but they they try and CYA in such a way where you you get monies as well and 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 it's almost as if you've resigned, right? Um, so do you need to prove, Hore, I don't have the means to pay for it now? Or is it until Hore, as soon as you get the letter, um, you give it to them and automatically things happen? Is it an application? Um, there's, a, there's a UIF form um, that, you, that you need to give them. I think it's a UI9 or something. That one yeah. is uh, directly from... Uh, so when, when they when they fire you or they retrench you, whatever the reason is, you ask HR to give you a copy of that letter. Then that's all you use as a supporting document when you contact them to say, I'd like to invoke my insurance. You just give them that form. But the minute you do that, your credit score goes out the window also, right? So you can't do that for fun. You can't do it for fun, but um, it didn't... Okay, I don't know about other kind of credits, but I know I invoked it during COVID because I got retrenched. So it didn't affect my credit score at the time because they paid for about six odd months. Oh, yeah, true. true, true. I was in the same situation with COVID. You still remember um, there was a loan that I took out and my company shut down due to COVID retrenchment. So they did pay it out at the full loan. And when I had to look at my credit score, everything was still settled, everything was still fine. It didn't yeah. go off the window part. So it yeah. all depends. And depending man. on the amount of the credit insurance, some credit insurances can actually clear everything that's still outstanding. Yeah. Guys, I think also it is... wouldn't really affect your credit record because technically your credit insurance is actually paid. So your creditor is actually receiving money to actually cover whatever debt you owe them. Service your debt, yeah. So, yeah. so mm. the reason why I ask about your credit score going out the window is because like the minute you go to any bank or, or any sort of institution that gave you money and say, hey, I'm not able or my affordability has changed, um, they, they start to also panic on their side and do whatever stops they have to, right? But when you say when you say panic, what do you mean? Like bah, they try to get the most out of you before anyone else. Can. Yeah, they try and milk you right then and there. Especially if you don't have the, the insurances. So as soon as you go and plead with any financial institution, well, not any, but some, right? Um, they the assumption is that, oh, okay, cool. Let's let's put a stop to 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 lending him more 
right? And then whatever program you go on that that kind of reduces your debt or whatever, wouldn't that also just in a way affect your credit score? It depends on how you you go about it or how you remedy the situation or it, it okay. Are you saying it in an, in in the instance where you have credit insurance or in the instance where you don't have credit insurance? Because the moment you don't have credit insurance, you're a red flag. Because say you have credit insurance, right? But obviously mm-hmm. you don't have credit insurance for everything. Mm-hmm. The, the so as long as it's a loan, anything that is a loan or credit given by a financial institution, it comes needs to have the It comes both in with credit insurance. It's yes. like a five rand or six rand fee that you pay on top of your normal. Should read the credit agreement. It gives you a breakdown of what you pay for in your monthly yeah. installment. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it includes credit insurance. Chances are, we all have these things. We just never invoke them. Yes, correct. Hundred percent, guys. Now what I'm curious. Now what? What my question is is how can I invoke uh, the credit insurance to pay off my car and house without being fired? I think that's a conversation we must have. How do we scam the system? <laughs> does mutual separation count as something that they can pay? Yes, it does because you didn't resign. Guys, okay, mutual separation. My hand, my hand. Okay. Oh. Kalakinya ko bolale nante thavanga ibolaji ngori hometown hutilemo are kauswa resign ba urakilega sexual harassment or our dead thing to bade. As long as that UI9 form does not say resigned, then oh, all is fine. You're sharp. And, and sorry, guys, this was my last comment. My battery is, de- is dying. I'm on like 4%. So goodbye. Oh. We had one last question. Hey? Okay, you can go for the last one last question. It's, it's a bit long-winded, right? Do you know how how currently there's a boom in, in, in these new complexes coming up everywhere and everyone mm-hmm. keeps perpetuating this lie, Ahuri? property will gain value and 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 but we are seeing properties now not gaining value because um Baldwin will do like the same property well or or will build from the same plan everywhere next door to you wherever mm-hmm. um is property like especially like residential property in the sense of apartments and 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 is it still a lucrative investment in terms of um yeah is it still like look look lucrative investments to buy it some? is depending on location okay so you can't just buy anyway definitely yeah. can't buy community okay it's definitely not an investment. It's a rip-off. But like Dumi said, Pretoria market is great. Jobic CBD market is, is great. Pretoria so, market is great. 
It's also about in between is called again. That the that Bowen area that you need no, to no, take it out. No, no, it's not a Bowen area. They are building a lot of townhouses rather than apartments. Um, they still <laughs> it, it's still a good market. The moment you go. I hate saying this word, but the moment you go the the Bowen structure, that's how you lose the that's value how you of the lose area. The value of the area, true. Oh, okay. yes. It depends What's on location and type of Lake. property. Yes, what's happening in Gusil Felix is different to what's happening more more Midrand because Midrand is extreme high density. Silverlix is not extremely high density. <laughs> concentration camps. Right now it's not. It's and, concentration and, camps like, in Midrand. Just look at it in the next five years. <laughs> Because oh, everything is all happening at once, guys. Oh, and Patu, the, Patu, and actually, the values are getting lower and lower. Patu, actually, I've been in Mitterrand for nine years now. Like now, yeah. Mitterrand now like Mitterrand nine years, eight years, seven years ago was not as as full and as concentrated as it is right now. As it is. Yeah. Uh, right now, concentration camp. Like literally every street in Mitterrand has apartment buildings. So it's... Mm -hmm. uh, it's fine. You can say maybe look at it in the next four to five. No, years. no, I'm not saying midrand. I'm saying six fountain, that other area. I forget its name, but like they are building Lombardi, like close to Lombardi thousands of houses daily. Sorry, close to Lombardi. Yeah, close to but but on the um equestrian. Equestrian. No, 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 no. Further, like as soon as you pass um Yona Six Power Fountain, like just a little bit. I'll try and find I, I see I see the area that you are speaking of. Yeah, like so I'll tell you one thing. One thing that market that will never allow that 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 market to go as low as and I say low in inverted commas as Midrand. It's Swavelport is too close to that area that it will never allow the market value there to go below and extremely below because Swavelport is extremely high uh, market valued properties. So I see the area that you speak of. Okay, so the surrounding areas or the surrounding name. estates to what you are mentioning will never allow that area to get that high up or that low. Do they, do they have their own governing sort of council that does the things? There is a level of that, yes, but as I'm saying, the areas, they, they're actually high-valued areas. So the values of the properties in that area will never diminish because of that area that you are referring to. Oh, okay, I get you. Yeah, so those Swaverport, Lombardi, your those areas there, because they're so high priced, the smaller areas that you're referring to that are coming up, those the values of those properties will never allow that market to actually diminish. It will never diminish anytime soon. Okay, cool. Yeah, get you. To me, with like yeah, for, for now, I, I guys, this idea that property is an investment and people are buying property with the idea that property appreciates. I guys, from the research that I've done, the appreciation is not worth the the cost. Eh? 
like I mean for not personally I don't think like people keep saying no I'm gonna buy a property right now for two million and then in five years this property is gonna be three three million and three point five million I'm like you're fucking out of your mind like it's, it's let me give you context yeah so my mother's house we bought it for was it five five thousand yeah five thousand and this was in 2014 2015 right and we settled it 2019 the value of my mother's house is now 890 wait did you say 5000 no 500 sorry 500 oh let no make it 5000 new game yeah no 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 sorry guys there was 5 500000 and now the value of the property is 890 is it still the same structure, Lee? Who do you see? It's a waste of location. Arai hoodies. Arai hoodies. So the only thing okay. that my mom did was put a boundary wall. And then, yeah, that's it. She was, she was close to put a change in the windows, but she didn't. It's still the same structure. Uh, in the location, location? Kuma hube, mami lodi. Oh. Yanon tu mi mpujeng. Akirule rumidran tiki... Concentration <laughs> camp. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then Where are you? Centurion. Where about? Irene good market. If you go oh. Eco Park, if you go decide it's a Jean Avenue. Eco Park is the worst what? because it's developing and there's more developments coming up by MNT. So it's gonna get to the level of midrange sometime soon. But yeah. your Irene areas, the way MNT is developing them, they're not developing them as high density. They're developing them as luxury type of, you know, environment type of estates and all of that. So it's never gonna well, not never, but it's not gonna get to the midrange value anytime soon. Okay, because um the the gene site and the Zwartkop site in Aldi Flood, the girl lads were centurion in Yakati speedboat Yeah. So yeah, and in personally in front of everyone I can swim. So ngas kono afford over in a place it labam flooded kapala go sima out of the house kitaba get drowni legada so that site is a no go area for me then our when you go up the sort cop site morona linda bmw towards towards the what parking kada morona ring industrial area more i just forgot what they call it yeah Besides Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes the other side. Molaunalim BMW. Right after the mall, the taxi rank. Then on our BMW Cooper there. Yeah, yeah. Nice places there. Then they are just close to the N14. I got the other side of on of N14 GitLab view. Then on yes. the left side of the N14. Mm. Nice place there. 
what's that place? Can you know, like, the name of that place? I forgot the I'll name check as it out well. But that one is more, it's, it's more your old properties. There's no new developments or hardly ever new developments in that area, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, Kimosa flooded more. Then the new development to develop more, and then towards the other side, the club view and the club view golf estate. The Gagua on a leasing pool. Finally, the swimming pool, so you don't want to swim very well. The sinkhole, oh, the sinkhole. To me, do property developers and the bank factor these things when they evaluate the house? Like the area where it's in, if the area is uh, prone to flooding, if the area maybe, like OB says right now, in a little sinkhole out of nowhere when it's raining, is that factored in into the price or the bank doesn't care? Uh, the, the bank actually does care. So... They do factor it in. I know with developers, when it comes to them getting approval for them to do their developments, they need to, geologically, they need to check those things. And I don't think they will allow them to build in an area that has, um, that's prone to, to sinkholes. And then there's also, if you're building in a specific area, the type of soil that's being, that's there, it will dictate the type of foundation that you need to have so on the development side those things are looked at in in detail and that makes or breaks the approval process of the the development itself on the bank side they look at it but i mean take for instance go savannah there's a part of savannah country estate that's the soil there and the the land there is very dangerous and they they don't think it's going to be sustainable or that anyone can actually build on that land. So that stand has been vacant ever since Savannah Elimola and no bank actually wants to fin like, um, finance it because they see in as soon as there is a structure on that property, it's it's not going to last. So they do look at it in detail. Yeah, but would would you not say they would also turn a blind eye based on Hore? You know how when you buy or when you take a part two can you hear me part yes two. i can hear you yeah the place i was part telling you about was olympus by the way olymp oh check out olympus property prices they are they are they are, they are slowly uh declining part two control olympus part two it's near Zwavelport, actually. Part two. Sure, Google I'll check it, it out. Sorry. <laughs> Part two. Yes. Sinkhole has centurion everywhere. For give a sinkhole right in front of my gate. More Irene, more main road. Oh, Already, you can't I got Jokakoloi, Gabaki Wage. But hey, I'm still I'm here. Just something, you know, my brother. Uja in Yinkawaki was a government. Government, 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 
Then after that, I so the far side of Centurion, your 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 Elida's Park, your Celtis, what what your Swartkop. Yeah. But for a certain house, just three, four weeks ago, more little tin, Kruger Avenue. That house is way to one side. It's a government so be everywhere they dance. I know why you blow my radio. Kirli no, I get you more better so. It puts your rim better or cannot get it. Yeah, I'm like you somewhere. Just in a long will earthquake. You know, rah. Okay, just somewhere where I can be settled and and feel a little bit safe. You're never hundred percent safe, but a yeah. little bit safe because wage. <laughs> <laughs> I am underground. If you're a freestanding person, search field. Those sides are they fine. No. Forget, forget yeah, search field. Fine. Forget search field. Uh, yeah. Mara, no. Like, there's no hospital around. There's no around. Kore, you're never going to live on, on a plot because life here plot is you're far from everything. That's no, that... being secluded from, from the world is what makes it so peaceful. No, the problem is designated plots, right? But if you are in like in a residential area that has a couple of plots here and there, that that is actually the goal. Yeah, yeah, that one is, is a go-to. It's a go-to, that one, party. Mara Centurion, guys, I'm advising you, I'm going to fetch the crime is starting, well, not in Copper Leaf, but in roots going to Copper Leaf. Hey, it's a bit yeah. of a one. I'm going to get M4 every day, guys, so I'm sharp. It's a... Yeah. The so I have to take out everything Okay, uh Timmy, I just have a question for you. Sure. Like give us advice, action, ne? Okay. Um, guys, if Kakata Kopalim puts in because Kemohara Lushiri, Penekat. Um, so we have a situation going away by we bought this house last year, August. Ne? Mm-hmm. So before we moved in, obviously, we reviewed the place, everything was nice. Mabone, everything lights was working. So a week later, when we moved in, Sir Tamar Sakiti Sakiti Plaka you know, electrical stuff. Like, there's faults everywhere. Okay. So when we contacted the guy that supposedly did the uh, 
kan evaluation ya macam like before they sell the property again. COC. Yeah, the COC. So when we contacted the COC that was listed on the property documents and everything, Ariana he never evaluated this property. Okay. So now, okay, we went back to contact the agent. And then I was seeing Anna like, what's happening? Uh, this and this is running through the house. What, 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 what. So she's like, no, everything is fine. And we gave every, the keys to you guys. Everything needed sharp. What, 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 what. Okay, fine. But I'm really electrician arena and did what needed to be done. So till now, um, like your main switches and stuff like that. So now the electrician that we've got now says that um. The previous the previous owners or the previous owners or whoever sold the house is should be liable for his costs. So reiterate that whole thing. Unfortunately, that's gonna be a difficult one because of your I'm not sure how your contract states, but generally most of most sales contracts have a term that says footstoods, meaning you buy the house as is. Okay. So you, that was supposed to be done you, do me. before Is it your you purchased. Nice? I'm not sure. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were saying? Yeah. So the whole footstoods things means you, that the close of it means you purchase the property as is. And if there was any adjustments and any things that needed to be changed, amended or fixed in the property, you were supposed to stipulate at the time when you were signing the contract. So you fighting that battle of getting the previous owner to pay for the current electrician, like the electrical work is going to be a mission and a half you might need to go legal on it because you can claim that it was never disclosed, but they can argue that, well, you signed on the dotted line to say you're buying the property as is. Oh, get my thoughts. So what I'm taking from you is that read the fine print before you buy. Read the fine print. And when you decide that, I would I generally say that if you want to purchase a property, even if you want to rent a property, you go do the viewing the first time. The moment you think you are ready, you're okay, and you want to sign on the dotted line, I suggest you try and go back to the property and then you go and check everything. You check your light switches, you check your plugs, you check if every toilet is flushing, you check okay, if the pipelines sense. are still intact. You check every single thing that is not at face value. Otherwise, you're going to get yeah. a shock the moment you are in the property and you need to use these things and you find out that there's defects. Okay, thank you. Sure. Okay, the last question before we go in. To me, when you are like a let's cut here, guys. Let's almost in call like a catch for literally. It's even day day. Every time of it that you feel like wahero or so caro or so well abortilling. So to me, Angel, I see there's a post here. Uh, Number yellow, number yellow, I want to uh, consult Molly okay. because you guys know these things better. I want to mm-hmm. consult for example. If I say now I want to move here and acquire a property somewhere, most nang sinkholo, 
Mogos nang load shading, for example, that will be a bonus also. Mogos nang the floods. How do I go about it? I'll just call you and then we, we go through the, 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 the work and stuff. And then how yeah. much is it going to cost me? Because Nike would say, so how much is it going to cost me? Depending on the scope of work. <laughs> what about the scope of our acquaintance? <laughs> Look, generally, if we're helping someone with the sales, um, we we consult for free because we get our we get our commission from from the owner, so we mm. don't take anything. So if you're an owner and you want to sell your property, we ask you what you want in pocket, and then we add our markup. We never take commission oh. from what the owner wants. Okay. Yeah. No, understood. Understood. Thank you, ne. So do me. Are you Shut. saying every property agent, basically every Every house or property listed by an agent has a markup. No, it depends. I mean, it, it, it goes on the principle as to what that agent works with. Some agent actually decide along with the owner to say, since you want this much or you want us to list the property for this much, then we need to talk about how much you're going to give me. But with us, we ensure that the owner is not out of pocket. So if the owner says, I know for my property, I want 800000 and then we'll say, okay, fine. We will add our certain percentage on it. And then we listed with the 800,000 plus what we want as our commission. Yo. So same, similar with the rentals. So if you come to me and you say, I want to list my property. I want you guys to manage the property for me. We will then say, okay, that's fine. How much do you want? And you say you want 6,000. And then we say we'll add a 10% um commission on it then we list the property for 6600 you get your 6000 we get our 600 <laughs> and that's the management fee guys but but um a lot of the time owners will come and say 6 6000 for a property or or for a property that's 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 next to a listed one that's going for like 5000 right how do you guys manage that in terms of like telling the owner, Hore, look, we can try and list it for that much and then include our markup, but chances are it's not going to sell or it's not going to be occupied. We do an area analysis. So yeah. there are key points that we look at. So we'll do an analysis of the street value. We'll do an analysis of the the area value or the section value or the complex value. And then we look at the greater town value as well and compare likes to likes. And the owner might say, the next the owner might say 5,000, you pick up that that 5,000 is actually not market value. This owner is just desperate. Or you find out that the market value is five. So we explain it away to say, look, this is what's on the market. This is what you can get out of it. This is the realistic one. Either you take it or you leave it. And if you say you do not want to go for what's on the market and you remain steadfast on what you want, we'll list it for what you want. But 10 to, 10 to 1, you'll come back two, three months later when you don't have a tenant and you say, okay, fine. I realize it's not moving. Can we reduce? And then we reduce. Yeah. So so based off of what you are saying, like, because 
I mean, places with a lot of complexes where there are multiple, like, I hate that Baldwin is the example, but I, I think <laughs> it's, it's the one that, that lands, right? Like, mm. say, say you bought a Baldwin property and as much as the bank as well as um you guys will evaluate the place to be x amount um an apartment is like 1 million for a one one bed um a two bed one bath right um mm -hmm. you are well within your right to list it for a bar obviously right because that's yes. evaluation but if yes. a lot of your your neighbors are selling for like 900 there's one that sold for 850 for like half whatever right that also mm. contributes to to the value of the house not necessarily going up or not staying where it's supposed to be right um in terms of the market also yes it does it it's it contributes, but not that much. I think another aspect that we don't look at is property marketing is also a thing. I yeah. could be selling a unit exactly identical to your unit, but because my marketing is better than yours, I will get a tenant. I will get clientele because I have that marketing. So what is actually valued and what the bank says is valued is what needs to remain. That's the go-to. I mean, you can go above what is valued. The bank will not finance you the, for the full amount. The bank will finance you for what the property is valued for. And then you are forcing your buyer to go out there and look for additional money to put on what you what you want in pocket, therefore losing a tenant. You know, if you are below market, then that's just, that's great. Tenant scored, but you essentially have lost because you could have gotten more. That's true. So when you are selling, it's 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 important, and I think it's it's beneficial to you that you look at what your valuator and what the bank deems the sell the sellable price for for your property. Cool. And then, if you wanted to be in a position, okay, well, this is a very like open ended question as well. Say you buy property, you comfortably afforded and you are like whatever x years in like ideally when is the right time to let go of it say you don't want to go the full term I've, I've had a lot of guys always recommend that always sell it when you are on the other side of the first 10 years yeah it is open-ended i think for me it it can go either way I mean, as Tabang says, you can you can double it up. You can, if you double it up and you go, you know, that whole thing of going to the bank and saying, look, I've paid this much, let's reevaluate. You find that you don't even reach over the 10 years line. And then if you have sold or finished paying it off close to the 10 years, you're actually making more from it. So it's it's up to you. Honestly, as a person, as to how far in do you want to go with this property? How long do you want to hold on to it? Does it add value to your life? Are you having that property for you to live in? Are you having that property for you to rent out? So there's different factors that will determine when do you let go of the property. Okay, got you. Guys, you guys touched on building. Investment, guys. It's one more property. Let's buy cars.
it's a investment based on you living in it right well it's an asset no that's even the worst if you're living it that's even the worst that's the worst if you're doing it to live if you're living in it that's the worst it's it's Would not, it not an, be an investment asset if you are li- living in it because you are using it for something like no. it's, it's, let it's, me tell you sorry sorry to cut you off let me tell you now yeah. property becomes an investment once it's fully paid off if you're living or an asset becomes an asset to you once it's fully paid if you're still paying for the for the property it's collateral for the bank not for you you cannot use a property that's financed as collateral therefore it's not an asset once you've finished paying for it and it's fully in your name and there's no bank that says, if you don't pay me, I'm taking away your house, then no. Music to my ears. That is the to one me. thing that so people don't understand. So to me, no. 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 So to you think it's a consultant property earthquake. Because there was a question. There was a question more list more list pros and cons of buying and renting. Remember that? Yes. Yes. So now I get a get a consult. Get the music to Tavans ears. Or you know, you know um, I think at the moment, at this point in my career, I am pushing, especially for, for young black people, is that if you are looking the property route, do not buy property to live in. There is a whole world out there in terms of property that the Jews are eating of, the Afrikaners are eating of, the Indians are eating of, the Pakistans are eating of, that we as Black people do not have a chunk of. There's a small portion of us that have a chunk of it. And it's quite sad. I mean, you could literally spend two million and buy a building literally a building that will give you an income of close to a hundred and something thousand rand a month. People do not have that information. And also depending on how much your credit worthiness as well. These companies such as Tough, who will tell you that if you bring 30%, we will help you purchase this property and we will help you manage this property. And within a number of years, that property is yours. And that property will give you a good substantial amount of money back into your po- into your pocket. So if we're looking at property in a small scale, do not buy per- property to live in, rather rent. Property, if you're buying it to live in, is not an asset. Until Thank you have you, finished Tommy. paying it off, it is not an asset. It is a liability. It's collateral for the bank. That's how they hold you by the balls. Mm. I don't have balls, by the way, but thank you to me. Like, I appreciate what you are saying, right? And, and, and I think valid, great. 
but also like i think also this advice is great yes but also like we we are never in positions where like getting looking at where we come from also like mm-hmm. uh, a bank especially when you are very young it's very hard for a bank to trust you enough to be renting somewhere and also buying property right like you need to choose one between the, the two if or i'm understanding sorry okay please just can you rephrase your question okay maybe maybe let me not phrase it like that let me talk to to this thing yes i get it a house that you live in is a liability great right um mm-hmm. but at the same time we we where we come from we don't wake up and you know own houses right so mm-hmm. yes you are living in the house that you bought via loan and in your head the plan is that and then it will become um a, an, asset. An, an asset or an investment of sorts when you've moved on from that house right and you've mm-hmm. paid it so 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 the way you you are making it sound or the way it's sounding to me is that you, like as, as much as you are saying you would advise people to actually buy property that is an investment um that you are not living in and it's making money the reality is that we can't all do that and we are not all in a position to do that right um and then also the renting route it's great and all um, to rent because, I mean, we are still young. You could get an opportunity to go work in Thailand or you could go and work in Cape Town. Like you need to be that agile in terms of nothing is holding you back. Like at the drop of a pin, you can be out of there and be elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know like where you are working and where you are currently based, you will be there for a while. Um, a lot of people will opt to buy, and Vele, it's been instilled in us, Vele, from a young age, for uh, renting is, I mean, buying is better than renting, which is not the case. Mm. Yeah. Uh, granted, what you're saying is all valid, right? Yeah. Um, I think part of the podcast is that we need to bring us as the millennials as the youth as the new generation we need to change our way of thinking and i think that's part of you know that's the major part of the podcast and what i'm saying is in line with changing that mindset that has been Mm. instilled in us you know i'm not saying never own a property that you you live in right you could go through the motions of you buying property that's for investment purposes and you are renting it out and you're getting an income from it. The income that you get from those properties, rather use that to purchase your own property that you live in, you know? And also, if we're looking at it from a point of what do I then leave, leave my kids, you know, my kids would have a home and all of that. Don't take away the aspect that all these properties that you're buying for rental, at the end of the day, they become yours. They become your assets. They become things that you leave to your kids as well. Yeah, 
So you're still covering that ground. You know, what I'm saying essentially is we shouldn't lose sight of the future and we rush to purchase property and you get one property, you live in it and then you become comfortable or you don't open yourself up to the probability that there is other properties out there or other things out there that can generate money from you in terms of or for you in terms of property. And I mean, that's why I mentioned this company called Tough. is that a lot of people think that the bank will not finance them should they decide to go on the rental side of property or buying property for investment purposes and all of that. I'm here telling you that as much as you can get financing to buy an apartment for a million five or a house for two million, two point five million or three million, you can literally go your Windsor, your Randburg, your Springs. You will find buildings there that have 23, 16 to 23 units available with about five three, four, five thousand rand income per unit that you can buy for the same value. The bank will definitely finance you for that. And that's why I would say that if you want to go that route as well, and if you want to suss out the bank, you go do your pre-approval. They'll tell you, you're approved for three million. You're pre-approved for three million. You can afford something for three million. Then you go out there and you scout and you find yourself a building, not even just a unit or a house, an entire building fully tenanted or partially tenanted that you can buy for the same value, but then it is actually getting you more out of it. Okay. So it's about how you go to about me, the whole thing. To me, you know what, guys, I think, I think what you're saying to us about rental and tough and all of that, I think that is a conversation on its own. I don't think we're going to be able to cover it because from what you're saying, you are stirring up so many questions from me that I want to ask you. Yeah. There's a whole market here. When I'm from Randburg, Going all the way to CBD, to Springs, to your Rodoport areas, there's an entire market that is a currently a playing field. It's a minefield where you guys can make a whole lot of money from it. If you don't and people today, that are waiting to fund black people, black youth, black young people that are looking to get into the property space, they are literally waiting. They are asking you guys to approach them. And then how RITEF will help us with the management. They'll also help us with, with well, obviously management includes that. Um, like illegal occupants and, 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 because I know hey, South Africa is plagued by that, man. That's currently what we're dealing with as well as in Kovugas. So we manage tough buildings as well. We, and so you as an owner will tell them that and tough I'm going to buy this property. I need a managing agent. Taff will then say, this is the list of managing agents we have. They will link you to a company like ours. And then we deal with that full spectrum of it. So if you do get to a point where there are illegal immigrants, you pick that like um, illegal occupants, you pick them up quite easily. If a tenant doesn't pay you for two, three months already, that's a red flag. You start going the process of getting them out. There are legal ways and there are illegal ways to get the tenant out. 
So and then the day we go and pick you. them out, excuse me, check is preggies. You can't, you can't, you can't even legally you can't evict a pregnant woman, right? Patu, I can't say this because Tabang posts this online, but there are ways. Okay. <laughs> I like how I work in this space. This is very thoughtful. I like it. That is what that is where we need to get in this podcast. We must be straight to the point, ruthless, but also politically correct. Timmy, can I ask? <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I come to you. Get okay, to me. And I want to get into the property game. What's the best route for someone like that to go into? Property game in terms of in terms of you renting it out, making a profit from it. No, let's say yeah. I decided to cafe media paid it off. I call it the Nixi. So now I wanted to make money for me without me having to put in occupants. Putting occupants is the one way unless you go A, B, and B route, depending on your location. That's how you make money. So it in in essence, for you to me, make money from property, you need you need tenants, you need occupants. To me, I think I, what Nico's question is that she bought a property cash and now she wants to rent it out. So can you no, that? it's not. No, she doesn't oh. want occupants. She's saying she I wants don't the want occupants. To what I'm saying is, okay, let me ask this straight. Mm-hmm. Can I still can I still use this property that I paid over as collateral to get something else? Yes. Okay. So the same way you having you taking a bond from the bank and the bank uses your house to say, if you don't pay me, we are taking the house. That's the thing. You go to the bank or you go somewhere and say, look, I want to purchase this. And they'll say you don't have affordability. Then you can say, okay, my collateral is I have a property to this value and it's fully paid. I don't owe anyone. Should I default with or default on our agreement? you can attach my property to my um areas or whatever that's outstanding. Oh, okay. But it's risky, kind of risky, but it's but doable. Okay. You mentioned in that instance, does it mean you don't need a credit credit cover because your your loan is essentially covered by your collateral? By your house. Look, you need that. The you remember the house is just collateral. You know, that credit insurance also covers you because should that house be deliberated or something happens to the house, God forbid, natural disaster and all of that, and the house is not of the same value, the bank needs to still get their money. So to safeguard yourself, you still need that credit, um, that credit cover. Guys, the only person that's winning here is the bank. The house always wins, bro. The house always wins. That's why now earlier when I said, how can we use... Well, one of the things is, with all those money things, we need to learn how to use the bank's money against them. Sharp, we can buy properties, two or three properties, rent them out, and then buy my primary house. If that's possible, let's find a way to make that possible. So a lot of guys, I have a couple of gents, 
uh, guys are in the room and all of that. Kokasi, we're gonna make like 20 to 30k and all of that. That's one stream of income for a property here. We really got 200,000 and then it costs you like 300 to 400k to build up 650 to 700k for you to make 20k to 30k a month is a reasonable investment. So that's what people are doing. So for now, I want us to drive this conversation to a point where we can say, this is this is what we can do. And to me, I hear you saying, yes, tough is there, tough. If if, if my uh, pre-approval comes back and says, Tabang, you can afford a house, yeah, six, six million. So uh, you have approval for six million. I can approach tough and say all of that. To me as a black person, I'm still sitting here and saying, ah, to move to move to move These things are not applicable to me as a black person. Do you understand? So yeah. I want us to get to the conversation where is now it becomes something that I can see happen. It's all good and well for us to talk about these things. And yes, you are the property expert. Yes, to me, you're telling us who tough can assist me. If I have 1.5 credit approval, I can go buy a building. Dude, if you can tell me, if you can show me the practicalities of that, I'll buy a building tomorrow. Once what? But come I'm, to work with me tomorrow and I'll show you. Yeah, because now the yeah, thing I is, think to me, this is what you need to drive for us also. Yeah, actually, because we, we, we're honest. going to post this podcast, once what? And I'm deliberately going to post this podcast with your company and everything. The details is going to be the the basically the flyer on the whole podcast. I'm not gonna put anything else, right? It, for for yeah. black people for black people listening to this and i'm being very deliberate about saying for black people and i i, I consider myself upper middle class i can afford most things once so but i'm very i'm very logical about how i spend my money and where my money goes yes i buy sports cars and all of that it's a bad habit but anyway irrespective of that as much as I'm, I'm 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 educated about money i'm i'm financially literate and i understand how to manage money and i don't want to waste my money ridiculously i don't want to buy a certain house at a certain area because i also view property as uh, a liability not an asset what you are telling me right now still doesn't translate so how do we translate that message from you to us how, do we need to set up time where you can explain the podcast to a group of us it's fine we can consult we can pay you it doesn't have to be on the podcast but i think there's guys in this podcast and girls in this podcast that can afford what you are talking about, that can have the credit uh, affordability and the pre-approvals and all of that to afford what you're talking about. How do we go about getting more information about that? And how can you put us in a position where as we can be confident to say, okay, this thing is reality. It's happening. Doom is not selling a smoke because she works with a lot of high value clients, high wealth clients that it has worked for. If right now I'm taking my 15K from my nine to five, monthly paying a 1.5 million rent loan, is this thing going to work for me? Do you understand? Because the biggest thing that I don't want as a black person and a black child that's coming out of the hood is to get myself in a situation whereas I have a big company coming to me and saying, no, 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 you actually don't afford this anymore. We have to take seven years out of your installments, we're taking the property back because you've defaulted. Do you understand? It is a very big mm -hmm. risk for me as a black child to commit to getting to commit to getting into business with all of these big corporates that promise the sky and the moons. 
what guarantees do I have that all of these things that Taft is promising is not going to send me backwards and me living in my mother's house again? That is where I want us to get to. Before Tumi answers, can I just jump in? Sure. Jump in. Uh, Hooper, you've had so many businesses and one thing that is consistent with business or something that will make an income is that there is risk, bro. That's the one thing, right? But, <laughs> no, before you answer me, but I understand where you are going with this and maybe the question must be direct to Tumi. Yeah. Tumi, this thing is based on friendship because that's where a lot of things for black people crumble, right? What we would like from you is for someone to champion this for us, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if, if you can put us in a room or, or, or be with us somewhere and you present whatever options are available for us, and, and 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 we just go through it and 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 whatever questions or objections we might have um and you are able to answer us correctly and come back to us in terms of okay stuff like that we are happy to do this as in yesterday even can i add to that as well yeah if you can do that to me, that this property can go into, can become collateral as in yesterday as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> how committed I am. <laughs> as in yesterday. Yes. So, uh, look, guys, I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to actually, you know, compile something that I can share with you guys that will give you insight, you know. Um, for me, it's easy to say what I'm saying because I literally deal with tough landlords and tough buildings on a daily basis. And in most cases, tough will only take your property away should you mismanage it, right? The These, these owners, and I'm, I'm very disappointed to say that these owners who, instead of letting money go to the managing agent so the managing agent covers what needs to be covered, they find ways to let the money go into their own account and they splurge it, you know. So the the cases that I saw with this failed was when the person was actually negligent with the money. But when done right and when done willingly, it goes well, it, it goes quite all right. And there are seminars, there are groups, there are conversations, there are, uh, what do you call this thing? Uh, what's that word? I forgot the word, but there's these spaces where we can also go and you get more insight directly from the people. On my mm -hmm. end, I can share with you the figures. I can share with you the processes. I can share with you the contact details, meaning I can link you up with the people that are dealing with the financing of these things. And you have the conversation and you see how far it can get. And I can I'll literally hold your hand throughout the whole process. You know, yeah. it's something that I'm also in the process of doing. So I can, I can, whatever you guys need. Do you need numbers extra members. <laughs> Excuse me. And, 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 and extra one, members I, on that I, one that has started. Because to be honest, something like this, I, I don't think I'll like, like, like it. It makes sense even if it's something that merely just breaks even. Hey, because mm -hmm. the thing about property, momo, momo, you play the long game. Like it's not even 
something okay. you are thinking ahead you now become an enabler like yeah. something you, you will leave for your kids or whoever but if you can be on this earth now and for the next couple of years just work and see it break even for as long as then you are good no definitely there's ways i mean even if you don't go the tough way um you can also go the what do you call this thing insolvent estate route the deceased estate route those routes as well those properties as well they go for close to nothing auctions as well you can get on auction a proper block you can get on auction proper properties but obviously you need to do your own due diligence when you go that route as well yeah. so there's multiple ways and multiple streams that you can get yourself access to property that is actually an investment not the other stuff that we've been sold yeah no we then just step for away the... from this topic hanyan you mentioned something about airbnbs do you guys offer those services as well that's our manager like properties used for airbnbs because i saw nowadays there's there's also a boom in someone renting an apartment maybe Aririgo, go waterfall that that Baldwin one yako waterfall the expensive Manyaka. one yeah no no the the other one the, I, I think it's called what there's the, Kukuyu, oh, there's, the, the Manyaka, polo there's polo fields yes the polo fields say say you you are able to to get a lease yeah polo fields for a year not even live in it but just furnish it and use it as an airbnb do you guys ma manage those as well because i know those are also lucrative and quick money grabbing schemes. Yeah, no, we have that. I mean, we also have landlords that are renting out their properties fully furnished to people that want to put them on Airbnb. So they do not want the schlep of dealing with an Airbnb. So they'll rent out a fully furnished apartment and you as the the, the leaser, you can decide what, or the leasee, you can decide what, what you want to do with it. You can do, go the Airbnb route and we can help you with that. So, so that also, whatever lucrative, depends on obviously how you location. market as well, right? Airbnb is definitely location, location, and location, and over and above the location, your specific complexes. So within the renting an apartment called waterfall and you don't live in it it's furnished imagine the day eilung hore kokukhaya lami hotla grand prix imagine let's on di 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 bar kidding tsetsa rush tsetsa bricks 30 feet leng like it's stuff mm. like that. there are lots of companies international companies where delegates come all the time around the waterfall area yes there are hotels but those hotels are not enough for that area it does hotels don't give you the same feel as an airbnb because sometimes people want to go to a space that allows them to feel like home that allows them oh, to be able to cook when cook they so want to home. that allows them to bring food and drinks from the outside that's why mm. the whole airbnb market is currently on a boom other than hotels okay. and then the ones you manage would you say what they are really making money good money we have quite a few units in and in, in what you call this in the blight they are yeah. doing quite well um we also have units in the santon area they are also doing quite well 
so when when you do decide and you put your 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 you know your back behind it you you get you get your money's worth yeah the reason why i ask it like that is because like nowadays businesses and especially the ones that make money are the ones that break convention right you don't need to be like like the owner of a property to to make it a bnb right um mm-hmm. you look at stuff like uber they don't have cars but they they run a transport business right yes. um you look at netflix they don't film Produce anything they just pay or fund for the originals so so mm-hmm. so maybe also in property the same reverse engineering should be applied as well instead of opting to buy could you be in a position where you maybe rent a full office block and then you find or, or you are the marketer that finds clients and then you've got your markup over and above that and stuff like that i don't know the 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 market is actually quite locked when it comes to to that high scale or um big scale the yeah. the Airbnb market is definitely the one, and it's it, because of Airbnb, it's actually being allowed now. Previously, it would be considered as subletting, and oh, most owners would not allow for it to happen. So now, because of Airbnb, it's opened up that avenue, and then landlords are much more comfortable in doing that because they feel like there isn't because of that Airbnb protection, you don't have the risk or that high of a risk for you to get a squatter. But the moment you do it outside of the Airbnb, that's how you get yourself in trouble with squatting tenants. Yeah. So not even booking.com, nothing. Booking.com, you can try it, but it's it's It'll be flagged. It will it would be flagged, yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah, no. I can I can officially say now we are on millennial mic. <laughs> Those other weeks, I don't know what we were doing. Now we are on millennium. <laughs> now, now we are <laughs> on That trips us up. Slogan as a millennial mic is fraud-provoking millennial conversations. That is what we are having right now. I'm proud of you guys. You make me proud. Thank you for being for being such honorable guests. And a special guest to me. We appreciate you. Roisa Pereira, we get it. Why? Nahana, all of these years, and to me, only now. Only now. No, guys, let's only be honest. Only now. No, 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 Nico, let's be honest. When we when we initially started the podcast, Chap, it was during COVID. We were using it to entertain each other. In the loneliness and all of that, but I've always said, every now and then, I've always said, guys, only lonely. Let's have, let's have see. Hi, my. <laughs> every now and then, I've always said, guys, let's have serious conversations. Let's talk about cars. Let's talk about property. Let's talk. About... When whenever we had a topic, it's serious. The the, the attendance neighbor got us. Like people didn't attend. So today, I'm surprised. Today, at some point, we were like at 25 uh, people. In the in the podcast, and I was like, okay, that means we are growing. It's a good thing. But Kali, whenever we like, the only thing you guys were interested in back then was Manu Vinyomi. Other than that, there were like a lot of need. Ah, shem. But same bobo, man. Don't paint us the same. I get what you're saying. 
Yeah. Can I just say, guys, go hope it's a voice. I'm a little boy. Like, she's so quiet today, hey? She dropped off when I joined, actually. 